Why 480? It's the number that drives our work lives. 480 minutes. That's all you have every workday. And the decisions that you make each minute can change everything. When you plan out your business goals over the next two years, that's only 480 workdays to get it done. In your entire 40-year career, you've only got 480 months to make an impact with your work. Time is the limit we can't control. Because time is your most precious resource. This is the Leadership 480 Podcast. In this episode of the Leadership 480 Podcast, we'll share the conclusion of my interview with Tim Dean, a professional coach, keynote speaker, and teacher of a class at St. Louis University on generations in the workplace. We think you'll enjoy the conclusion of our conversation. Tim, you and I are both both Gen Xers. Um, and you, you earlier you talked about how you know our generation is, is is somewhat viewed as the forgotten generation. We did some some really terrific research here at DDI uh, on on the contributions and you know and and uh, and really the value that Gen X uh, leaders can can bring to their organizations. Correct. Um, from your perspective and the research you've done and uh, you know your your experience out there talking to people about generations. Think about Generation X. I mean, I have a whole topic that is the risk of forgetting Gen X. Yeah. So, what would be a, a sales <laughs> plug you would you would make for our generation? <laughs> one one industry that that works really well in is uh, the financial industry, because Gen Xers are literally on the verge of inheriting thirty some trillion dollars from their baby boomer parents or grandparents. And it's certainly not skipping over Gen X to get to millennials yet. So, right. yes, we're the smallest. Yes, sometimes we can jokingly be the forgotten. Gen Xers are are literally in the C-suite. They're inheriting wealth. They will drive uh, the markets. Yes, we're the smallest, but we're going to have a very powerful, albeit short-term, punch. So there is a risk of bookending everything, boomers versus millennials, boomers versus millennials. Right. We matter uh, still. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's <laughs> encouraging to hear, Tim. I appreciate yeah. that uh, <laughs> you For all you Gen Xers, yes, we matter, damn it. <laughs> so, you know, with all of the, um, all the coverage around millennials, uh, you know, part of that narrative has been that uh, – Finding meaning in work is really important to them. 100%. Uh, but it's not just millennials, right, that, you know, that sort of crave meaning in their work. That, that, that sort of runs across generations or? I would, or, I would argue yes. Uh, as a Gen Xer, I always wanted that. I just, it took me decades to finally act on it. The difference being, again, is as a Gen Xer, we were raised uh, to get the degree, get the good job, get the promotion, follow the path, stay with a company, et cetera, and only move very uh, non-frequently, sparingly. Millennials, to their credit, because they've witnessed how their parents were treated, their Gen X and Boomer parents, the days of mutual loyalty are not coming back. They get it. Therefore, their loyalty to a company is completely redefined. And if you're curious what your millennial employees mean by loyalty, you better ask them because it's not going to be what you think. Simple question. What does loyalty mean to working here? 
and be ready for any answer. But because of that, they're much more adamant at a younger age to d demand, if you will, or certainly choose a job that fits something they really care about passionately. And let me give an example. Uh, in my practice, I'm a coach, uh, that I coach individuals one-on-one, -on -one, and a, a lawyer client, he had just finished law school, uh, and he came up to me, and if you could imagine, I'm motioning just kind of to my hands are open of comparing my left offer and to the right offer, and he said, I have two offers from these two different law firms, this offer here in this hand and this offer in this hand, and he said, I just don't agree with what this law firm does, and he was moving his right hand. In other words, he was purposefully deciding a career job simp or, uh, based on how a law firm does its work. And again, that is that you, sell, you tell that to a room of boomers and again, your heads are exploding again. That was never a consideration we even allowed ourselves to uh, consider. Nor did we know all the warts yeah. of the good and the bad, the ugly. If we were lucky, we had a annual report and we might know someone inside the company that we could get some, you know, secret intel. Yeah. That was it. Now millennials, they have everything at their disposal, all the information, all the lawsuits, all the pending anything. Um, so they're, def they're deciding literally on, do I agree with what this company does? So more experienced leaders who might be listening to this, um, you know, they hear the talk of, you know, it's a multi-generational workforce. There are challenges that are associated with that. But, you know, really, we've always had multi-generational workforces, correct? So what makes this point in time different than it's been in the past? We never had four until 16 years ago. Really? Because the generations primarily were defined with 20-year increments, in general, we only typically had three at any given time. But because the millennial generation, the X generation was the first to go 15 years, millennials then were in there before the traditionalists retired. Now Gen Z is in there before the tra all traditionalists are gone. So now we have five. That is a first. Wow, so it's just more complexity. You have so many diverse thinking, uh, how, how, how individuals communicate, how individuals motivate, how individuals handle conflict how indivi uh, individuals interact, all of those are relevant in a workplace, whether you're virtual or not, yet you now have five different perspectives coming. That's where the awareness is so critical. We're talking to Tim Dean, a certified global coach who also teaches a class at St. Louis University as part of their MBA program. The class is called How to Leverage Generational Diversity. Tim, let's talk just a little bit about Generation Z. Okay. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, some of our listeners may have, have seen this, uh, the New York Times had a special section uh, all about the voices of Generation Z. Uh, and that generation, that's going to be larger than the millennials, correct? It will eventually surpass. And people wonder, how is that possible if they're age seven and older already? How do you retrofit <laughs> more population and its immigration and migration. In fact, millennials continue to grow. Their generation is also growing in real time. But you are correct. The, the fascinating thing about 
Generation Z to date, and you are right, it's, it's still early per se, because they're only one year in the workplace. The thing that's fascinating though is, if go back to listeners that are Gen Xers, for example, boomer parents were, for the first time, getting divorced in a higher rate, or sorry, excuse me, boomer parents were dad worked and mom was at home. However, that women's rights and women started going to work, then uh, the dad and mom either both worked or sometimes divorce the rate started going up. So Gen Xers, hence the latchkey moniker, we were the generation that grew up maybe with neither parent at home after school, so hence the key around our neck around that we had to let ourselves in and take, be independent and take care of ourselves till 6 or 7 p.m. So now imagine as a Gen Xer, when we grew up, our mindset was, oh, wait, neither parent was home. Oh, no we're both going to be home. So imagine then the pendulum swung all the way the other way. So therefore, millennials were raised now with both parents home. Hence, if you've heard, the listeners have heard the helicopter parenting, where they hover and telemarketing and commuting or uh, working from home further uh, supported that. So now the millennials are 38, the oldest. They're having kids and their kids are Gen Zers per se. Now imagine that pendulum is swinging back the other way. So therefore, Gen Zers as children, 7 to 22, especially teenagers, they're now being raised with parents who were just helicoptered. So now that is easing off. And now we're witnessing just the effects of that. So some of the early research is showing us that Gen Zers are more pragmatic and more realistic than their Gen, or sorry, than their millennial elders. And they're also a little more willing to stay at a company longer, but there's an asterisk. And what that means is where millennials job hopped without any thought, fine, I'm jumping. Because remember, pensions no, don't exist per se. Right. 401s transfer anywhere. There's no financial risk. The gap, as I mentioned, the jumping is no longer a negative. Gen Zers, though, they've witnessed what their millennials have done they're willing to stay with a company longer, again, a little more realistic, a little more pragmatic. However, they want to roll hop. So to prevent them job hopping, like their millennial elders, you better be ramping up early on and regularly roll hopping for them from day one. Because they will stay longer as long as they know the ramp is set and around the corner is multiple future role opportunities. And this is not just a six-month onboarding that some companies do or to get. This is continuous, regular, intentional, years long. So that's the little caveat that the good news is they'll stay longer. The The catch is uh, roll hop them. Interesting. And Tim, we're about out of time, so I, I want to ask you just a couple more questions. So we've had a great conversation here about generations in the workplace. So what pointers would you offer to leaders who have to lead multi-generational teams? Mm, great question. Uh, and it, it is something uh, that we go through over literally in the, in the classroom. Um, I would ask your listeners, uh, if they're not driving, to write down the three following words get a piece of paper and get a pencil and write down the following three words, what, how, and why. And after you write those three words down, what, how, and why, 
Take your pencil still in your hand and draw a big X through the Y because that is a word you are now no longer allowed to use as a leader beginning any question from this day forward. It tends to be accusatory. It tends to create defensive reaction and answering. So you could imagine a leader of any generation asking a, a direct report, why has this happened? Why is this late? Why did you do it this way? Immediately defensive. Wow. Force yourself to rephrase every question with only the word what or how. So what were you thinking here? How did you come to this conclusion? What do you think we should do next? How do you want to proceed? What is the best thing we can do next? How would you like to be involved? How do you want to be rewarded? How can we make that happen? What involvement do you want or not? It's so common sense, it's just so not common practice that it takes wow. conscious awareness to force yourself to stop and rephrase in mid-thought. And yes, that is relevant for all generations, to Craig's question. Uh, the differences, though, come when you're dealing with multi-generations back to the awareness. So when you have more awareness of each generation's thinking and motivation and communication style, again, I, I am the first to agree from many articles out there that generations are just a, a lark or the, you know, it's just a marketing ploy. I'm not here to defend everything about generations. Yet, in, in other words, I completely agree. We have much more in common and want more of the same things than that are different. I totally agree with that. What, I'm all, all, what I am espousing is because of the different, differing communication styles, we all want the same thing. We just communicate differently. So when you're using those what or how questions, it's what words do you use when asking them, depending on what gen generation you're communicating with, that then gets you the better response. One last question. This podcast is all about making every moment of leadership count, and you've You've certainly helped us today uh, with some great insights, but can you tell us about a moment of leadership that had an impact on your life? Well, great question. Um, it, the first thing that comes to mind uh, is honestly when I was sitting in a coffee shop in St. Louis, Missouri, with a gentleman who was a friend who I didn't know at the time was actually a coach himself. And I was lamenting about having left another corporate job that after only four months was physically and mentally toxic. And I knew, okay, that wasn't it. However, I was kind of just wondering, gosh, what's next for me? And what I really appreciate about him is that he was able through leader as a leader listen and help me rediscover, if you will, something that I had been striving for all along. Similar back to that excellent question you asked earlier is, don't we all just want to do something that makes a difference or have an impact or that we're passionate about? He, through that conversation in that coffee shop, he helped me remember all of these workplace examples, regardless of the title I had, regardless of the zip code I was living in, regardless if it was ever even part of my job or not. And then he said, there's your thread. So in other words, he literally helped me rediscover that I had been doing that thread indirectly through every job I ever had. 
And it was that aha moment that led me to launch my coaching practice and get certified and formalize it, et cetera. If that conversation doesn't happen, I honestly don't know what's happening now. And that's now six and a half years ago. The beautiful part I love about the millennial generation, and I'm just going to circle back to them one last time, is because of their willingness to job hop, and yes, they'll get complaints about it, and the negative stereotypes of, oh, you're not loyal, or you're etc. You, you want a, a promotion in six minutes, and you should be a manager sooner. They're actually addressing internal desire for a job. It's not a job. It's, it's so integrated now, work-life balance is gone. It's now work-life integration. They want to be doing something that they believe in, and they're allowing themselves to explore it at a much younger age than I ever did. Now that is cool, because then I think, look at the potential. If even half of that generation, and it's in the 70-some millions, takes that path, the potential is off the chart. Tim Dean, oh, coach. We're not, we're not done yet. We're Don't not forget done the cliffhanger. Yet. Oh, the cliffhanger, yes. Yes, so the, the, the question was, or the cliffhanger, rather, was... Uh, what is the generation called that comes after Generation Z? I can't let the the cliffhanger go. It's like all those one-year series that we watched that got canceled, and we never found out what happened. <laughs> uh, so Gen Z, I mentioned, uh, they're 7 years old to 22, 15-year span. So you can imagine, uh, for those that are hurricane-named fans, uh, when the Weather Service names hurricanes, those very few and rare times when we've had so many storms named that we finished the alphabet after W, they go Greek. So that one year I can remember we went Hurricane Alpha. So that's the name of the, if you have a child that is a newborn to age six and for the next nine years per se, and it might be shorter, it's Generation Alpha. Generation Alpha. You're welcome. So now we know. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Dean, you're a coach, you're a keynote speaker, you're a teacher, and you're a very smart guy. And thank you for taking some time with us today to talk about generations in the workplace. My pleasure, Craig. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. We know that your time is valuable, and we thank you for sharing some of your precious minutes with us. This is Craig Irons with Tim Dean reminding you to make every moment of leadership count. You've been listening to the Leadership 480 podcast. To learn more about 480 leadership, visit ddiworld.com slash 480.